Welcome to Accountability, where we exist to give you learned truths and live experiences from deep inside the spiritual online business space. This is where opinionated people come to speak their peace without judgment, attacks, or cancel culture looming on the doorstep. Our emotions have been brewing. It's time to spill the tea. All right, so I'm going to start us off with some reality of my week. Yesterday, I was working from my laptop and casually had it on the coffee table. You know, it's a Sunday working and yeah, my toddler ran past with a full glass of water, a full glass of water that got knocked over entirely, my entire keyboard underneath my computer, my cell phone, and then, you know, everything else that was on the coffee table. So my laptop is currently going through its drying out process of thank you, YouTube hackers that told me to leave it for 48 hours open before trying anything and then call the Apple gods. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, for those of you that are inside our community on Facebook, I'm sure Gwen's going to post this super flattering picture of me (laughs) because I usually record from that laptop. (laughs) And I am recording from my phone. But for those of you that don't record podcasts, you kind of have to hold the microphone at an angle to get the best sound. So my face looks real great right now. And this is what Gwen gets to see this entire episode. So you're welcome. If you want to see it, go to Iwantthetea.com because it will likely show up in our group. And it's it's a look for sure. (laughs) It is a look. But (laughs) what's crazy is the timeliness of this, though, because you and I were just talking about how with our computers, you know, like one of the biggest things is it really affects the workflow. Yep. Because you have all your passwords saved. You have all your logins saved. You have your tabs saved. Sometimes you have your bookmark, like you have things Mm -hmm. on the desktop, like you know where everything is. So it's like really hard to lose your laptop for that main reason. And it goes in so perfectly with what we're talking about this week, because we're talking about hustle and flow. So uh, my flow is a little out of whack, and I'm going to have to be hustling for a bit to get those logins back in. But I'm excited to go into the topic for sure, because Gwen, you know, being behind the scenes, you are the queen of knowing what looks like flow, but is actually back end hustle and, and where the hustle goes, as I have past history with as well. So Oh man. And this, I uh, talking about like this last week, my, this last week has been nothing but me like hustling around to get shit done so that my clients can feel supportive and flow in and out of, you know, like their business as they should be able to, because they've paid for it. Right. And that's what we want to really highlight is that in 99.999% of cases, people aren't flowing. They're outsourcing the hustle. (laughs) Absolutely. They're outsourcing the hustle to people like me, you, and literally every other service provider. You and I even too, you know, even with this podcast, like you and I are at the point where like, I feel a majority of this podcast, you and I have very much been in flow. Are we working hard? Yes. Are we hustling? No, but there's a big part of that. That's been like earned one because we've learned how not to over hustle. And also we're not relying on this as our primary source of income. So there's not this need to make it crank out money, right? Mm -hmm. Which leads to a lot of hustle, but also we have a team. We have a team that we're outsourcing to. We have a team that got us started and Mm -hmm. we plan on having a team to continue, you know, at least for 
minor maintenance of editing the episodes, which allows us to stay and create a flow with this, where we're just coming up with the ideas, you know, recording the audio, showing up in our community and so on. So, I mean, yeah, there's a benefit to hiring professionals, right? Like that level of support allows you to breathe. It allows you to be in your zone of genius rather than me trying to figure out how to edit audio because Lord knows I tell everybody like editing anything is not my thing. I could do it, but I don't want to. Right. And that, I mean, that really is let this whole experience be pretty easy. Right. Right. And I mean, same thing when I hit a certain stage with my main source of income, right? Like Gwen Taniguchi Consulting and offering operational support. Like when I hit a certain point in that business, I had to hire people. Right. Like I, my bandwidth became so at capacity that in order for me to serve my clients at the next level, I had to hire people to take shit off my plate so that I could allow myself the luxury of having afternoons off, you know, and not working till nine o'clock at night and having the like mental real estate to be able to ideate with my clients and not have my brain filled with 9 million to do's that I, I need to get done. But right. And even then, you know, like you just mentioned bandwidth and that's, I think the biggest thing that I want to cover with this topic is like, you were that you were a hundred percent in hustle, but you were still somewhat in hustle, even outsourcing. It's not like you were going online and telling people like, I work from the beach and I just work 10 hour days and fuck no. Right. Like hiring people does not mean you're not hustling. Let this be clear because the, the type of hustle shifts. That's true. And like, so I want to ask you this. Do you think that a lot of people, when they're talking about flow, Do you think that they don't necessarily mean that they're not working hard, but they mean that they're working hard within their quote unquote zone of genius, which is very much like terminology used in this space? Probably. I think that that's what they mean by it, but I don't think that's actually how it's being marketed and suggested. I mean, the way that I see it in this space when people are talking about flow and ease and, you know, my business is so easy. And they have four, six, 10 hour work weeks. Like I got my feelings about this. I'm going to come back to it, but it's like you're in flow and it feels easy because what you're only doing the things you enjoy doing, or you don't actually mind the work that you're doing. And are you actually tracking it? Is it actually that little? Because I don't know. I've been behind the scenes of anywhere from six to 10 figure businesses. Okay. People with uber successful businesses, not one of them works 10 fucking hours a week, six hours a week, four hours a week, not one. They're working way more than that because there's stuff like marketing, right? Like writing your posts, engaging with your community, thinking up offers, talking to your accountant if you have one or managing your own books if you don't have an accountant. like. Talking to your VA, team meetings, you know, any sort of like business planning and preparation for the next quarter. Like there's so many of those things that go into running a business. You're not telling me you're doing all of that in that short of amount of time a week. There's no way. 
And if you aren't, your business is not nearly as successful as you're claiming it to be. Like, I'm sorry, unless you are outsourcing everything, that still does not add up. Well, I feel like even when you get to the point, let's let's talk about like, let's just throw it out there, uber, uber rich, which is not going to often be found in this online spiritual business space, right? Like most mm-hmm. people, a great majority of people in the online spiritual business space, and part of the reason we relate it to MLMs is because yes, there are the super uber successful people. And there are some people that have climbed the tiers and are making a decent amount of regular money. But a lot of people are struggling or investing and never making that money back. So even if they make a lot, they're still in the hole compared to what they've invested, right? And so, and that's not to deter anybody from starting, but that's just the reality behind the scenes. Like a lot of these people that finally even have these big breaks, we saw them for years make less than two grand a month for years before they figured it out and broke through. And guess what? They were hustling their asses off when they were making the least amount of money. I definitely agree that that's true, right? Like, so flow does have, but then they're the same people that go into this idea that somehow they, like as soon as they allowed it to be easy, well, you finally had enough money to pay to outsource, to allow it to be easy to then stay further in your quote unquote zone. And you have momentum from the marketing that's been working. So of course it's going to feel easier, but that doesn't mean you snap your fingers or you just finally allowed it. Well, and the experience too, right? Like you just said, like they have the momentum, like part of that is the experience of writing a social media post, like the freaking. 10 paragraph long social media post doesn't feel like a heavy lift the way it does when you first start doing it. Writing sales pages don't feel like a fucking heavy lift because you're on your 10th offer or whatever. There's momentum in the experience as well. And, and that's work. Oh, that's working on your business. A hundred percent. Insert standard commercial. Hi, I'm Katie of Gwen and Katie. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to hit subscribe and head over to IWantTheTea.com where you just might inspire our next show topic. And I'm Gwen. If that almost made you want to turn this off, we'll probably work well together. If you're an online business owner in need of someone to hold the big vision of your next project or guide you to the next steps of its fruition, you can find my current offerings at GwenTanaguchi.com. So I know that I kind of like, well, this is so me, but went off topic, but let's say we go to the Uber, Uber rich, like, and let's say that the main business that's bringing in the income, let's say it looks like they pretty much do have everything outsourced, right? They have a CEO, they have a CEO, they have everything, blah, 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 blah. Typically those people are still looking for the next business venture then, or they're talking to people about the best ways to invest this money, or they have their board meetings, or they have speaking engagements, Mm -hmm. or they do private consulting, or they have to step in, or they're involved in some of the hiring processes. Like they still are so involved in so many of these cases, in which case the work just shifts. The work just looks different, Mm -hmm. but it's still work. And that's something that you and I have talked about too. Let's, let's bring it back to like the two, four, six, eight, 10 hour work weeks, right? Obviously some of that can be done with, you know, ads and autoresponders. And like you said, you know, you can either outsource customer service or some of these, like if you use certain platforms, the customer service is automatically like outsourced. I mean, a lot of this stuff behind the scenes can be automated to look like somebody is working and exactly. there is not a human working at all. 
And then you put a lot of effort in, in front, right? Like you have all the emails queued up, you have the different files and systems set up. You probably had a VA to help you with that, right? If you didn't, you mm -hmm. definitely worked your ass off a, hundred, mm -hmm. a million percent, right? But like, even going back to that, Ben, you and I were talking about this the other day. Some of these people that claim these small work weeks, it also depends, like you and I were just saying about what you consider work, because for you and I, you know, I actually love posting, but I love posting when I want to. But for mm -hmm. you and I, like to have to be on social media, to have to do research, to have to be available, that's a heavy task. Like we would Super. count that towards our hours of work because it requires a certain level of like dedication that isn't naturally there. Like I'm not, a, you, you and I both, like we're, when we're not online, we're involved with like, because we have to be, we're like out doing stuff with our kids. We're doing housework. We're like going yeah. to their games. Like we're, we're not sitting there scrolling TikTok endlessly or that sort of person. So like to have to be online and keep up. I can scroll the shit out of TikTok and be like, uh, where did the last two hours go? Like, why is it midnight? Okay. Fair enough. But I'm not posting. That's just mindless. Right. But yeah. to actually be on social media and engaging. Right. Oh my God. Consider myself fried after like five minutes. Right. I'm done with it. And actually that's a good point. Cause that, that leads me to a different level that I'd love to get your input on is that a lot of like these coaches that focus on flow and on a lot of times a flow comes manifestation, oh, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when you get these coaches that focus on flow and manifestation, they also pride themselves a lot on having truly quote unquote organic audiences, you know, not having paid for audiences, not having paid for ads, not having their business come from that. Right. You can make six figures a month just by flowing. Like just the more that I relax into it, the more I ease, like the better my business does. But like that also then goes against the grain. It's like the Instagram thread like where it's like I did literally nothing and you can too <laughs> with my Instagram like account growing from 300 to like all of a sudden it's like 4,000 now oh my gosh I'm like I swear I'm getting attacked by bots but that's the same mentality right like I literally did nothing like I think right now because of that I'm going to teach a manifestation course on growing an Instagram following I just being me. Right. For those that aren't following us, um, like I said, within the community or in our groups, Gwen and I shared this thread because Gwen's Instagram blew up recently from 300 to over 3000. She's saying it's now 4,000. So what she's explaining is like, we were joking. Like that's exactly the opportunity that people say like, Hey, as soon as I stopped caring, I wasn't trying to grow my brand. That's exactly when it blew up. And I can teach you how to not give a shit too. So you can grow your brand. But like, it sounds like we're joking and we are, but like, that's not really satire in this space. No, that's reality. Right. And, and you would get 50 comments going, wow. Oh my God. That's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Like you get people that are interested because everybody of course wants to do, wants to get more results for nothing. And it's the magic what, pill syndrome. Right. I talk about this so much, right? Like everybody wants a pill for weight loss. Nobody wants to put in the fucking work, stop eating shitty food, go to the gym and like move your ass. Right. Like people immediately want like an easy win. Mm -hmm. Like I want to, I mean, that's why like funnels work so well for people. And like the people will spend money on a bunch of ads 
like it gives you pretty quick wins right you're not and you're not having to like do the footwork you're paying for it you're paying and and honestly you know like full honesty here again right like everything that we've talked about you and I personally with this podcast has all been about how to make it easy so we're not dodging the idea of making it easy I love ads like uh, I mean yeah why not right like Like, hit more people with you know without me having to do all of the work sounds pretty ideal considering that social media is not like an enjoyable place for me to be hanging out exactly and but like again you know like it's it's earned like unless you grew up in a household where business was normal and it was normalized to like watch you know your what your parents went through or your your dad has a business or somebody can start you off on the right foot most people that end up in this online spiritual business space like did not grow up with people that were encouraging them to go into business no almost nobody has a business degree most don't have any degrees you know like mm-hmm. it's rare you see the psych degree or something else within that space so it is one of those things where it's just like the other problem is that if you try to go that route too early right like and if that's the way that you desire flow you usually don't know enough about yourself or what you can offer or your business for it to succeed and if you do succeed you don't know how to replicate it and oftentimes that's also what makes you look like a fraud because you'll quickly outgrow it because you were just really good at regurgitating you didn't actually learn anything oh no those are the businesses that like I've gone into and been like like how did you even get to this point you know what I mean? Like, oh my nothing, God. Back end of it is like a fucking wreck. Oh my like, God. Scattered files, invoices unpaid or like partially paid, oh. no accounting. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so. let's okay. Let's bring it back to like, I can relate to this. I, I have a pretty, like most of the time, my schedule is pretty easy now because I've earned it. I've been in mm-hmm. business for five and a half years. But the first year when I started my VA business, Mm -hmm. I literally worked till like one o'clock in the morning. 100%. And and I'm not even talking about just with client on client stuff like that ended up happening after, you know, I got a couple clients under my belt, but like just doing the things for my business, looking back, like, obviously it was work when I was in it. I felt fucking burnt out, but like, Oh God. Yeah. I mean, so, so burnt out. Well, like I, I don't know. I know it's work, but I look back at that and I'm like, that was fun. Oh yeah. It doesn't feel like work now. I'm high. I guess it's like childbirth. You don't remember how painful it was. <laughs> you don't remember how fucking painful it was. Cause I'm like past that, but man, I literally would work. So one, two o'clock in the morning, I'd get up. First thing I'm doing is going to my office and making social media posts, writing blog posts, working on SEO, trying to build my website, like working on my own logo and reaching out to people to see if they need my services, like all of that footwork. Here's the thing. A lot of these people that are selling this idea of this short of a work week, they're really marketing from where they're at in their business and not where they're like air quote, ideal clients are. And they're where they came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, because they don't match like, okay, cool. Like you're only working six hours a week. 
all right, well, you're selling this as a way to almost like start and run their business. Right. That doesn't, it's not authentic. It doesn't feel authentic to me, at least. No, to me, to me, I just, I've never seen a process laid out to me. And granted, I've never hired any of like these, you know, there's a very, very popular like affiliate, even like very popular with affiliates, the four hour work week, right? Like that swept around in 2018, 2019, a shit ton. Um, so I, I've never like seen these. And I know that some of it's organization, like when you get to like the more business ended, which usually in the spiritual business, like the spiritual business world, it doesn't focus on business ended either, which is something that you and I find we, that's where the balance needs to be. Right. It focuses mm-hmm. fully on like manifestation, manifestation techniques, mirror technique, you know, journaling, all of that sort of thing, like allowing it to be easy, receiving receivership. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas like when you get to like businesses that are promoting it, they're usually like teaching you at least some critical thinking thing of, of like part of the learning process in the beginning is like you, you end up spinning your wheels so long on things that are not money making activities. You've mm-hmm. decided that you think they're necessary to make money, but mm-hmm. they are not money making activities. They're like, even what you were just saying, right? Like you were doing, you were dipping your hand in every single pot because that's, you got to see what sticks, right? So you're doing SEO, you're doing blog posts, you're doing writing on, you know, like you're doing. Oh, I had no business like working on my own logo. Like, what does that even matter? I'm sorry. It didn't matter at all. No. In your brain, you put it as professional and that it needs to be there. But the truth is like, it's not a money producing activity. So like when you see it from business things, they'll usually teach you how to manage your time, highlight the activities that are actually money making activities, try to figure out what you can outsource or what can wait because it's not actually a money-making activity. And that's mm-hmm. how they clear things off your schedule. But that is so, that's also so very pragmatic. And that's also hard to know again, if you don't have a business background, if you don't come from that landscape to know what's important and what's not. Again, that's very much learned through experience as to like, okay, I've seen this succeed a million times without even having like you know, for the longest time, people were so freaked out about what their tagline was on Facebook. Like what kind of coach they call themselves literally does not matter. Literally does not matter if you're listening. So like that kind of thing where you spin your wheels for two hours or even two days writing down like what if you could be in conservative market research, right? Like on like what people respond to. Like, so that's the kind of shit that's missing because when the further you dive into the spiritual business world, the more it just becomes like, well, billionaires all have a morning mindset that they utilize and learn them. Like it, it doesn't actually teach you and you don't get any kind of experience, like pragmatic experience type tips of how to reduce the hours. And then on top of that, some, some of the people that teach this too, like, especially when they've made it further, they're the exact women. We're going to do an episode on this later, but they're the exact women that have quote unquote retired their husbands. But what that actually means is their husband works in their business now and their husband mm-hmm. does all of the admin now, all of it. Their husband just They is don't now, sound retired. They're not retired. They are the everything <laughs> behind the scenes guy. And so- no, They're the business that, errand bitch. Which is, an, which is another way of like looking at it and going like, okay, you guys, like it's still, it's not that the work's disappearing. It's that they don't, they no longer have to carry it on their plate. And there's reasons for that. Mm-hmm. But it's so true though. Like I, I, I almost need to go back to this and I want more thoughts of yours on, like when you were talking about six, seven figure businesses and behind the scenes, it's just a total wreck. 
Oh my God. The number of coaches, <laughs> the number of coaches that asked me to do sales for them that were seven figure coaches before I met them. And they heard from me that were begging me to figure out a way to collect on unpaid invoices for payment plans and, or figure out their new sales system and, or their new sales calls. And I would ask simple these simplest questions of like, oh, okay, like who's this program for? Like, okay, who's all funneling into this? Where are they coming from? And there was not a singular answer for anything. They couldn't answer anything. Those are the people that literally, like a lot of those women too, they got in in like 2012. They had their big boom in like between 2014, 2017. Mm-hmm. And they literally had no idea what they did. And well, then because it, a part of it is because they actually said yes to everything. Yeah. They said yes to the crazy payment plan that somebody could would only agree to join their, their program if they could pay for 16 months, X amount of dollars, or, you know, they discounted it because this person was a really great fit. And so they said yes to everything. So, and like, yeah. oh, can you pay via wise? Can you pay PayPal, Stripe? Like, can I ACH you, you know? Right. So there's, there's shit scattered. There's no system for anything. And they said yes to fucking every request. That's how they made so much money. Oh, at least some of the business, I, I'd say like 80% of the businesses that I went in that would, at, that would be like a wreck like this. Okay. Mm-hmm. were shits everywhere because they literally had no boundaries in their business or they would be on the phone with somebody and they would create some obscure like one-on-one program with them because their group program that they were actually enrolling for wasn't a good fit for the person so they would create something on the fly and they'd be like scrambling to accept payment Right. And three different ways because the person had a maxed out credit card and they need to split the, the second, the second payment or whatever, you know, like it's insane to me. And that's why when they grow and they, they call in somebody for operations or an OBM or any, anybody to assist them, that's why it's such a wreck. That's why, that's why they look like frauds because they actually didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Not because they, they were just so scatterbrained and genius and which maybe they are. I'm not discrediting that either. Too often, more than not, that is not the case that I see. Yeah. Like they they just said yes to everything. And pulling that back to hustle and flow. That's exactly why I have so many issues with the idea of selling flow which is obviously so super popular, right? Like it makes you look enlightened and it sells the freedom idea that everybody is actually working towards. But you and I have seen the back ends of the people that have tried to force flow, right? That, or the yeah. people that think they have it figured out that are literally selling to you that they have it figured out because they are six and seven figure coaches legitimately. Now that that's just gross. I I have not personally seen some of the nets of those, but trust me, that's a very different number, Mm -hmm. but like those are just gross, like six and seven figure business owners. And of course they look successful and their emails are telling you how successful they are because they're building some new compound for them and their, you know, only son, right? Like it's, and Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. Meanwhile, like they can't even explain to you what they do. They have coaches that are the main people in their programs. They have people that are selling the programs for those coaches. Like what? How, how do you not explain like, and yet they're still doing the hiring too. So think about that. Like the, the structure is so 
dismantled. We always call it like duct tape. Like when you're starting out, duct tape is great. By the time you're making six or seven figures, if you're still using duct tape, you do not have your shit figured out and you forced flow too early and it does come back to bite you in the ass. Like I don't know. Always will. I don't, I, I haven't actually looked into it, but I would be highly curious to see how many of those six and seven figure coaches are still around that forced growing that way. When you're talking about like the net and the growth, my very first experience with our common, you know, big red, uh huh. That was one of the things that I, I it tripped me out. I was in accounting for years, so numbers were like second nature to me. I remember creating a spreadsheet and or like at you know in a spreadsheet. Let me just say this, and there was a fuck. What was it called? It was like cash received. And then it was like the booked value or like the face oh, value essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. And the difference of like, it's worth $15,000, but she's getting, you know, but like cash booked for it was 2,500 or five grand or something like that. And so the deception too, in the numbers that people are sharing online, is it an actual cash in hand month when you're saying it was a, you know, day or month or week or whatever or is it like that's what the value was and that's the number that you're sharing that was trippy to me I was blown away and I remember being like what the fuck this doesn't seem right but I was like I didn't know the industry so I was just like maybe that's what it is I actually at that point was so fucking naive I thought that there was standards (laughs) okay in this industry I honestly was like, well, maybe that's just a new standard. Literally, it was such a like monumental moment in my business life where I was like, fuck, I guess I don't know shit. Like, that's just how it is. What's so funny about that is that that even wasn't like, I almost feel like that almost oddly became a standard. And I feel like that's one of the few things that actually did come from quote unquote, the business world. Because for tax reasons, if you can say something's valued at like, if the cash value is 15K, so if you're going to pay in payments, it's 15K, but you full pay and it's 12K, then you can write it. But in a corporate world, I'm talking specifically corporate, because I I don't know enough about anything else, but in the corporate world, then you can write it as like a 15K and like account for that discount, right? Like Mm -hmm. in when it comes to taxes. But yeah, but then that totally skews numbers in an online space where A, people don't usually have accounting backgrounds, B, people don't usually have corporate backgrounds, C, like people are just impressed by higher dollar amounts. Mm -hmm. That definitely became such a norm then to then charge more for a payment plan. So the cash option was lower than if people are paying the cash option, you can say you have this much in enrollments, Mm -hmm. but you're booking it off of the full value, which is quote unquote, the payment value as in there's a discount for paying full in cash. Yeah. But like hella off topic, random little side note. The hard thing about trying to stay within these topics is that they all bleed into one another. They all bleed into one another. Like that is part of like the hustle flow because if you're, if you're claiming because you had, let's say you did have five people enroll in a $12,000 program, but you sold that to other people as though it was a you know, $15,000 program. Then he had somebody sign up as a one-on-one for 25K 
but then they're actually paying in payment plans. You say you had 100K a month, maybe the cash you took in, maybe, maybe was like 65K, maybe. That's still a huge chunk of change for a lot of people. I'm not discounting that. But the difference between saying you had 100K a day and 65K a day, like there are already other VAs out there in the space that I'm seeing right now talking about these 100K day coaches or 100K month coaches, literally only netting 3K for mm-hmm. a month. I will just have to stand on my like legs and say, I have personally never seen a business that deeply, at least that is that off, but that, but it's not unbelievable because we've seen, I've seen one that's not that off, but I've seen one that is very close and, or that they're claiming money. That's not actually coming from their business. Oh, so husband gets a bonus. We just, I just had a fucking so-and-so day. Meanwhile, their business isn't making any money. Let's go back to that because like that is a big part again of flow, right? Flow glamorizes and bleeds into manifestation. Mm -hmm. Manifestation always, 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 because it puts the onus on your belief system on you and on your receivership and on the ways that you are opening yourself up to money, to cash flow, to making it easy. Flow 1 million percent puts the onus on whatever cash you receive, whatever unexpected gifts come your way. If an unexpected $6 check refund from your cell phone company four years ago pops up because of some lawsuit you were involved in and didn't know that's wow that's like count that right like Mm -hmm. you did not know you were getting that it doesn't matter how it came in it just matters that it came in that it came because and and that's so that's so incredible to me too because over the years I've you know I, I love manifestation practices first of all like I am not dodging them and it is actually true that a lot of billionaires or people that make a lot of money, a lot of them do have some kind of morning ritual practice that they like to engage in meditation. That might be yoga. That might be mirror work. Like a lot of them do tend to say that they have some kind of ritual that they, but, and you know, manifestations, manifestations will say it's a manifestation thing, like fine, whatever you want to call it, right? Like to get them in the right mindset, mindset is huge. So I'm not dogging manifestation, but I do like to pay attention. Um, something that you know, scientists will often say is like the phenomenon of like, you know, you hear a word and suddenly you hear it like three more times and you feel like you never hear that word, but really Mm -hmm. just because it's brought to the forefront of your consciousness. It's hard to know what's true and what's not when you're just choosing to believe in something. So like recently, even though I also had my computer hiccup, I had a few other hiccups with like money where it was just like, we were expecting a certain amount and it's less. I also was very blessed this month randomly. Guess what? I was doing zero manifestation practices. I was not accounting for it. But if I had been involved in a program, let's say I'd even been three months in and suddenly it broke, it would have been looked at it though, as though like, you finally got it or you're getting in that right space. And oh my gosh, like you, this is what you're working for now. Keep going, like keep that level alive. And if I didn't, if I didn't keep ascending in that, if I didn't keep going up in that, it would be like, oh shoot, what limiting beliefs did I mm-hmm. let track back into my mind? Or, or did I get too down about the fact that my computer got shot? Or, or it would even be looked at too as though like, oh, I'm having all these gifts, but these other things still happening. It would still be looked at as though like, okay, there's more to remove there because you get to yeah, just you have a block. enjoy, you get to just flow, you get to just ease. It doesn't also have to like balance out with something like going wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, again, I'm like, I'm not even necessarily saying that's not true, but it is interesting to watch it from the outside and start recognizing when that stuff happens for you, even though you're not in those spaces. And even though like that, again, it's, I I'm suppose shit. That's a- that happened to me this week. I literally got a settlement for some app that I had for $473 and 91 cents. I got a fucking PayPal notification what? for a settlement. Yeah. Now, had I been at in the manifestation world at all, I would have been like, I manifested it. You guys, Gwen I, is actually starting a manifestation course for how to blow up your Instagram audience and how to get random settlement checks. Cause I was pulling that out of my butt, but apparently it's real. <laughs> no, it actually is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was sitting there on the couch with Vivian and Zach and I opened up my email and I go, oh my God, is this real? That was like an, I thought it may have been like spam. So I went to my PayPal account and it was, I had $473 and 91 cents sitting there ready for me to transfer to my, my bank account. That's some insanity. I had zero idea that it was coming too. I don't know. So you guys, maybe it is manifestation. Yeah. Apparently we're wrong. Just ignore this whole episode because Gwen (laughs) is mastering life and, uh, has no blocks. And she can teach you her ways. I can teach you how to do absolutely nothing. Just like me. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But okay. So I want to, I want to hear like, I think I covered everything that I like felt impassioned about. Like what, what is, is there for you? Trust your fucking gut. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Like people can't teach you to do nothing and, and have like a business that actually has longevity. Right. Like, yeah, everybody can teach you how to duplicate and regurgitate some shit that sounds easy that people like gullible people will buy, but there's no longevity in it. Maybe that should be a game. Maybe we should go back and look at some of those big coaches and actually see who is still in business. I know a lot that have gone, gotten jobs mm-hmm. from like that whole big red era. Mm-hmm. I know a lot that like are no longer in the space or they're talking about waiting tables while also doing like readings and stuff. And I mean, look at me, I completely dropped out of the space and I, I had more business opportunities at least that I knew what to do with. And mm-hmm. I'm not judging that, but, by the way, that there's oh, zero no. fucking, there's zero judgment in that. Like, oh, no. you need to do what you need to do. But there's I'm, a lot of people that backed out of the space. I'm, I'm, I'm just coming out and, you know, spilling it for myself. Like part of it was I needed a break from it. Right. Because when you are behind the scenes, like it can be a lot to handle, like the inconsistencies, it can be a lot to like handle, like you and I are both huge on integrity, like mm-hmm. having like feeling like you need to jump from person to person or being burned here or there after you've advocated for somebody or having to come out and, and being the one to share like the boring truth. Like, I'm sorry, like people, I had people signing up at the time too. When I, like, there was a very, very short period of time where I was out from behind the scenes. Oh, I was still working behind the scenes in some businesses, but I was also doing sales coaching. And I made sure everybody knew that was coming into my space. Like, I do not want to teach you how to make 10K a month. You and I, like Gwen and I are both huge on foundations. And the reason we're Mm -hmm. huge on foundations is because then the business doesn't crumble. 
Mm-hmm. You can have instant success. You, you can flow your way to instant success. You can, if you get lucky, you have to be incredibly lucky too. You have to find the right system. Maybe you spent time, whatever, but it won't last. Like, it no, just- and either that, or you're playing catch up with doing the groundwork once, once you've hit that level of success, because I mean, you're not out running it. Yeah. Right. You're not out running the foundational work. It's either going to be done now or if you get lucky, it'll be done later, but you're, you're not outrunning it. Right. And it doesn't look pretty behind the scenes, but you still put on this pretty front up front. So I like, yeah, I was just fully coming out. Like, you know, at my best, I was, I was doing about seven to eight K a month. And that was just me. Like that was not me outsourcing anything. I was hugely burnt out. I was doing 60 to 80 hours. And I, I say that at my best, that was at my best consistently at my best, best, you know, I had 20 K months. Mm-hmm. That was, that was all cash at the same time. My life at home was so crumbled. I mean, I had a newborn. I was exhausted all the time. I was definitely working middle of the night because if I needed to crash out nap, cause I was so tired, I was doing it, but I was setting an alarm, getting up at one working till four 30, you know, breastfeeding a baby uh, we, going back. To- we, I, we worked together at that point when you hundred percent, hundred percent. And so like, so there's, you know, part of the reason that I'm so firm on that too, is that I had foundational beliefs that I stood strong on, but I didn't even have strong foundations. I also kind of got swept up in like too much of an easy flow in a way, right? Like I kind of got a golden ticket at the time because I showed up in a, of how I showed up in a program because of the skill set that again, even though it looks like instant success, it was because of a skill set that I had accumulated through mm-hmm. year through my entire lifetime of working. Like mm-hmm. how, how that skill set came about. So even me, like with the instant success and stuff like that, I didn't even have foundational support of like. That shit's not no. instant either. It, like anybody who no. says they have instant success, like let's just disclaimer that because it may look instant, but there's always footwork. It may happen in what appears to be an instant, but if you've been paying attention, you know that mm-hmm. it is years and years or a lifetime of skills in the process of that happening. Let 100%. me ask you something. Yeah. So this was one thing that was really actually, it was very difficult for me because there was a moment where I began to get swept up in this as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I had become indoctrinated, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, I'm supporting all of these businesses and they're talking about ease and flow and, you know, like you're, you don't need to be like hustling your ass off. Meanwhile, I'm in the back end hustling my ass off for them. And I totally thought something was wrong with me. Like no. my yeah. value was diminished. I was of lesser value because I was the worker bee. Yep. And I think that that's something that service providers, like, I don't see a lot of people talking about that. When you are on the back end of a business that's talking about flowing and it gets to be easy and manifesting and like you know those sorts of ideas there there is a person who's doing all of this work who is hustling who's working really hard that's left thinking like fuck why can't it be yeah. that way for me how do i get that for my business how do i how i have this skill set how does it get to look like that for me it's so dual ended because I definitely went through the same thing as you. I definitely went through the whole, like, it, it's almost like 
you start shaming yourself and also secretly wondering if the coach feels that way about you as well, because oh, the totally. coach is always praising you, always praising you for the job mm-hmm. that you're doing. But mm-hmm. they, you also know that they know that you're hustling your ass off while they're mm-hmm. preaching that this is how it gets to be. And so it in feels the back so of, weird. It's in the back of your mind. You're thinking like, at some point, are they going to need somebody that hustles more? And like, you were always really good about this too, at least in my experience working with you. But like, for me, there was also guilt and shame when things did take longer, when I did have to say that I worked longer hours, when something wasn't instant, when, when it was completely out of my control, but let's say I was on with like support for literally three hours. Like, I'm sorry, that is still three hours that I was working for you. Oh, and I, I never gave a fuck about that. that goes. No, <laughs> you were always really good at that. Like, seriously, like, here's my invoice. Like we're, we're coming up on hours. And if you need me to like, continue to work with you, you're going to need to buy more hours with me. I was ruthless. Part of it for me was that I had like a monthly amount that I was usually paid. Like I had a monthly stipend and then there was an estimate of hours. And generally speaking, I'd fall in those hours, but also like I had signed contracts saying like, so that was on me too, right? Like that was also just with the, of getting in and like, that's the shitty part about being on retainer. And like, mm-hmm. I'm most, I work on retainer now exclusively with all of my clients and that's bitten me in the butt. It's literally the difference between hourly and salary, right? Like Mm -hmm. salary, you work until the job's done. And so, you know, even with, and that, but that's like a slow cycle too. then. Like I started with some people where it was like expected to be 30 to 35 hours. That's the same person that I then was working 60 hours for at the worst time, because it started with the whole concept of like, even in my team, it should be easy. Everything should be cohesive in the team. Everything should be cohesive in my business. I want integrity and like, it's always integrity within the business too, even though like, I have yet to see a single business that actually can manage integrity throughout the entire. That's, that shit's a red flag to me. I appreciate the idea. I've just yet to see it actually come to fruition where somebody actually says that and and hundred percent throughout their entire organization, that is the feeling and thought. So, but yeah, I, I totally also drank the Kool-Aid. I also in, internalized that maybe there was something wrong with me or like, There was also an element, and I know this is like egoic, but like, I'm too smart for this. Why can't I catch on to this? Oh, I 100% thought that. Yeah. Like why, like I'm doing all the legwork and also like you and I are both, I say guilty of this, but it's a good thing. Like we inspire a lot of the ideas that then these coaches put out on the forefront, a lot of the ideas. So not only are we doing all of the thought, we're also doing all of the back end. And then it's also like, there's also then becomes like, okay, so why am I making this work for them? How do I make this work for me? And then if it doesn't work for me, how is that even possible? Because I'm literally everything behind here. Like I'm the engine behind this. Why, if you put me in a different body car, is that same engine not working? Right? Like, but yeah, definitely, definitely had that internal conflict. And I think that's, that's where it's going to be great. So Gwen has an amazing program specifically for admin and I'll let her talk more about it. But like, that's, what's so great when this comes back around and when this is launched is that like that you are the pragmatic business of like less hour work weeks, all that stuff that we're like jokingly making fun of. Right. But like, there is a way to condense all the lessons that we've had in our businesses Mm -hmm. And be able to set people up for success oh. because it's the things that you will run into hundred percent over and over if you're expecting it and you're given a workaround or you're told how to make it work for you or what traps not to fall out of. It can save you hours. It can save you years of learning. It save you a lot of money. 
it's like the difference between like an instruction manual and saying like, this is how you can put this together. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus saying like, just intuitively know, like the handle goes on the front and the wheels go on the bot. Like it's that big of a difference. (laughs) So I like, I'm just excited for that too, because like you just said, like there have to be service providers out there that are still feeling the way that we felt in the past that we felt years ago, like that shit's still continuing. Hustle flow is not going away. Flow is like you said, the magic pill. Or they end up turning into coaches of some sort because they've drank the Kool-Aid enough that they're like, okay, I've seen this work. I'm going to be a coach now myself. Like I tried my hat at like doing coaching. I'm too interested in being in somebody's business. So even when I tried my hat at like coaching, it still was me in their business because I'm like, send me that. I want to look at it before we talk about it. You know, like, let me see that sales page. Let me see your posts. Like, let's see what your CRM looks like because I can't give you advice that's going to be worth a shit without me actually seeing kind of the thing, like looking under the hood. And in truth, most of the time, again, that's a pragmatic approach. That's like a full thorough approach. If you are saying that you're any kind of business coach, that is, that's more of a business coach. Just like I, if uh, I'm yes. saying I was a sales coach, I had to see marketing. I had to know that mm-hmm. they had an idea of who their customers were. I had to have them explain to me who they were marketing to, what their long-term goals were, what their monthly goals, like that is part of it to me. Not just like it is. teach you close like a closing objections. Like I don't even want you to. I don't even want to teach you that. Like you can read that on fucking Google. Like that you don't need to pay me for that. And also, I don't even know that I fully believe in it. If you know who your customers are and you know how to talk to them, you don't even need that, right? Like so, let's teach you the foundational shit. Personally, I don't want anybody signing up for my shit that I have to like convince twist their arm. No, no. Because, you know, what's also true, like that, that can become part of learned flow as well, right? In the beginning, when you're hustling, and you'll take anybody, trust me, you very quickly learn that it's very true that 5% of your customers will make up 95% of your trouble and complaints. So that comes with learned a lack of boundaries. Oh, my God, man, like put those boundaries in place, like let your business have some rules, because uh, it's heartache in the making if you don't. And trust it. Trust that the money is not worth it. If you truly believe that money is abundant and coming from everywhere, if you truly believe that, you don't need that customer. You're not turning away mm-hmm. money. You're inviting more money. You're inviting the right money, right? That's what also gets funny is like people will be saying all these things and then not approaching it that way in the sales process. But that's a that really is a different topic that we'll have to get into a different topic. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's, I mean, shit, maybe we should put that on the docket, put that on the list of like talking about the different sales tactics that people use. Uh, <laughs> I know we is, both that, like hand on forehead at the exact same time. Like, oh man. All of that stuff is just vomit induced. Like, that's what's so funny. Yes, I consider myself a sales coach, but literally like, you know how I started part of this episode saying like people will spend hours deciding what they're going to put in their little bio. I put mm-hmm. honesty coach half as a joke, half like legit. Like I, I remember if, that the more honest you can be with yourself, the easier this will be. So like, I literally, mm-hmm. I kind of meant it too. I was like, I'm not a sales coach and then I'm going to teach you sleazy tactics. Like I'm going to make you be so honest about where you are, who your customer is, what you actually do better than anybody else for them. Like, because if you can't confront that shit and you don't know, 
So you're not selling shit. You're not selling you're shit. In- you got no foundation. So yeah, that, that, the idea of like, oh, talking about everything that makes me want to vomit is just oh, so fun. That is like, we need to do it. Okay. Okay. It's going on the list, Katie. Okay. Well, Gwen, hustle or flow? What, what camp are you in? <laughs> Fucking hustle. I'm <laughs> camp hustle, baby. Like 100% grind. Right. Grind so you can be intentionally lazy later. Yes. And that's like, that's what I, that's my mindset. I want to work my ass off now because I want to be lazy as fuck. I want to retire early. Oh, yeah. I want to like say yes to shit that like I want to say yes to. And it's not going to happen with me like hoping and praying. Yep. It's just not. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy into it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, random windfalls of, you know, few hundred bucks is nice, but that's not paying a mortgage. That's not getting me to retirement and I can't depend on it. So 100%. What about you? But maybe you just need to believe harder, Gwen. And then the massive windfall maybe will sustain. Maybe I'm not orgasming enough or fucking myself with a crystal dildo or my yoni egg has wasn't charged into this month's recent full moon. Oh, no. that's why. Oh my gosh. If I feel like if you are not talking about banging yourself with a crystal dildo in one of our episodes that we will have, <laughs> we will have made it. No. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Kidding. Again. Um, again. Um, no, but that, I mean, actually that topic's hopefully coming up uh, tomorrow in our tea time because actually CE host. So again, I want the tea.com is where you can visit our tea times. It's like our debriefs from our episodes. Going back to the question, I am team hustle as well, but I I'm similar to you. It's like the hustle is, you know, climbing up the mountain and then the flow is going downhill with your sled and like, yep. you get to enjoy the ride down. But then if you want to do it all over again, if you have some new adventure, like be prepared to hustle again, but there's a difference between hustle and burnout. And I think that that is the learning lesson that comes mm. from knowledge and experience you you learn how to hustle without having to give up everything you love and without having to burn out as you go it just takes oh yeah without like depleting yourself yeah but part of that is either learned experience Mm -hmm. and or hiring mentors that actually divulge what it takes to get where you're going Mm -hmm. and give you tangible tactical tips yeah so there you go. Here, There's here. my rant. Here, here. <laughs> here, here. All right. Till next time. Till next time. Bye. Bye. If you want to stay a fly on the wall for future conversations, remember to hit subscribe to stay in the loop. For those looking to spill the tea, head on over to IWantTheTea.com and join the discussion. I'm Gwen. And I'm Katie. See you around.